Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. I'm so thrilled that you joined me again this week. And I'm also extra, extra excited because I have a first-time guest on the show. I love when I make new friends in the podcasting or entertainment community. And that's happened recently in the last couple months with this guy who's on the show tonight. So let's say hello to Brett from Dissect That Film. Brett, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. It's, I'm so happy to be here, Gerald. It's so it's great to, to see your face. And you know I hear your voice all the time listening to the show. Big fan. Uh, it's kind of surreal being here. So, <laughs> well, it means a lot, man. And you know, we recently linked up on Twitter, and I know you're a patron of the show, and you got a good thing going over there too with your show, man. I've been listening. I heard the Edward Scissorhands talk you guys had recently, and you've even done some trailer reactions on your YouTube channel recently. So, since you've never been on the show before, you know, especially with first time first time guests up top, I like to let you kind of tell uh, the folks a little bit about what you do over there and where they can find you. So what's Dissect That Film all about, man? So Dissect That Film is a show that I host alongside my wonderful co-host, Dan and Angela. Uh, we we just talk about movies, kind of just have casual conversations about, you know, one movie per week. You know, we go through the plot, we dissect it, as you will. And it's just about having fun, cracking jokes, and and being able to kind of just have fun with any type of movie uh, that's out there. You know, the good, the bads, and the uglies, as I say. Right, right, right. Well, it's been fun to listen recently, man. You know, I just I just kind of discovered it in the last couple months, but I will leave all of your information for Dissect That Film down in the show notes. And obviously, I'll tag you when the episode goes up. So I hope people look you guys up and check you out because, you know, there's a bunch a bunch of movie podcasts out there, but you can really tell when the host is like genuine, you know, and I feel like that's the case with you guys. You're just having fun, you know, like you said, good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, you're just talking about it and you're just kind of enjoying each other's company, even though it may be virtually, right? Absolutely. Yeah, man. So we're going to do the same thing tonight. So Brett came in here to be my guest P tonight, the other P on the pod. Brett, this was a daunting list that you came up with this evening. Yes, you're welcome. And you did, you did, <laughs> you did select to do this topic. And I said, you know what? That's actually cool because this gentleman just had a movie come out in this Oscar season as we're recording this at the end of 2022. We'll talk a little bit about that movie as well. But what are we counting down tonight, man? Why don't you tell the folks that are listening? We are counting down the top five Steven Spielberg movies. Yes. So before we get started, Brett, I uh, don't give away any titles up front, but I do like to kind of talk about the criteria and how you kind of developed your list in your research. But first, let me just ask you, where does Spielberg rank for you, all-time filmmakers? Do you want to put a number on him? Or? Uh, he's my number one. He's, he's your number he's one? He's my number one. Wow. So this had to be extra hard this for you is, then. I mean, this is the funny thing is, is it like going through my list. It's it seems kind of generic, but it's but it's just these are the movies that meant so much to me growing up and that I'd seen way more than anything else. And yeah, when two of his movies are like my top three all time. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, he, he him as a director and his movies meant a lot to me as a kid and even as an adult. So, yeah, it was hard, but. I love talking about Steven Spielberg. Well, we're going to be doing that tonight. Now, for me, in response to you, he's not my number one. Um, but what's weird is he probably was as I was a younger guy. I just turned 47. I know we're, there's a gap in age a little bit for us, but not much, right? Like you're in your, what are you, like in your mid-30s, right? Uh, I, 31. So, yeah. Just, <laughs> just entering. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want everybody to be as old as I am. Sorry. Um, so early thirties. So there's a, you know, 16 year gap there, but at one point, probably in the eighties and into the nineties, I probably would have said, yes, this guy is my number one filmmaker. I mean, there's some movies that'll come up tonight that really happened in that kind of prime coming of age, adolescence time in my life. 
But as I became a movie buff and a cinephile and I started following other catalogs and going to the movie theaters more often, I don't know, some other filmmakers that kind of speak to my sensibilities a little, mo- a little bit more kind of trumped Mr. Spielberg, but he's still in my top five. And, and I'm looking at my 10 here because I have my honorable mentions. And I would say two of these movies are probably in my top 10 movies of all time, top 20 at least. So the guy's doing something right. And I think if you ask anybody in the film community, I mean, any single person you ask that has anything to do with film or is a film lover, anybody could say Spielberg's their favorite. Like he's just that big of a name in the, in the community. Oh yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah. 100%. So when you were coming up with your list, man, he's, you said he's your favorite filmmaker of all time. So mm-hmm. were you, were you sweating bullets over there? Was it easy for you to kind of narrow it down or? So two of them were easy Two two picks were, they were like, as soon as I told you what I want, what we, you know, we should do. I, I already had my, I already had two picks like locked in. It was everything. Right it was everything else that was like, do I put it here or do I put it here? Like the thing about Spielberg's filmography, at, at least I would say up to about the mid two thousands, those movies are the ones that mean the most to me. His stuff mm-hmm. later on, I kind of fell out of. Like you know, I didn't, I didn't see West Side Story. I, I just, oh, okay. it's just not. It, I'm not a huge musical You're guy. Not a musicals guy. And to be honest, I've seen I'm the original, either. and I'm just—it's just not my thing. And, and then the Fablemans. I'm just going to admit it. I didn't see it. I haven't seen it yet. No, no, you're right. It's not going to show up tonight on either of our lists because, spoiler alert, I saw it. I was not a huge fan of it, which is disappointing. Now, uh, to your point, West Side Story, which just came out last year, I, it's ironic because I'm also not really a musicals guy. Like every once in a while, you may have heard me talk about the show on the show before with movies like La La Land. Every once in a while, there'll be a musical that I really do like, and it ends up becoming a rewatch for me. You know, couple every couple years, but very few and far between. But I liked West Side Story. I really did. I think it was the colors, the cinematography, the direction. Obviously, we're talking about Spielberg tonight. And some of the acting. And plus, I knew it from high school. You know, I had to watch the original in high school and we studied it. And I kind of knew the story, which always gave me a little bit of a nostalgic connection to it as well. Um, I won't spoil if it's on my list or not, but I did enjoy it for somebody that doesn't really like musicals. But The Fablemans, I just wanted to talk about it up top here because it's his latest film. It's going to be out about a month or so when this episode is airing to the general public. So people are probably expecting to hear us talk a little bit about it. I just saw it a couple days ago, and it was just a little melodramatic for me. It was a little underwhelming. It was a little drawn out in parts. There were some things that I really, really liked about it, particularly Michelle Williams' performance, and some of the just like cinematic adoration that we saw, which of course, I mean, this guy's movies. I mean, that's his life, right? I mean, he lives this shit. So that came across, you know, Paul Dano, Michelle Williams, there's really, really good stuff in it. But it was just too long, and it was overdrawn out, and like I said, it was a little melodramatic for my taste. I know you haven't seen it yet, so you probably don't have a lot of commentary on it, but when you do, let's get back together and, and let me know what you thought, being such a big Spielberg guy. I'd be interested to see what you think. Absolutely. I mean, this was a, I mean, the Fablemans, I remember seeing the trailer, and I, and I fell in love because I, it's something that I had been waiting on. I, I, I've been waiting on a a biopic about Spielberg for a long time. And I know yeah. that it's a fiction, fictional biopic, right? It's the, right. Like it's, it's loosely based. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, hearing mixed things, you know, people loving it, people not being a huge fan of it like yourself. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if, if that's the case, like, I think I would just rather watch, you know, the Spielberg documentary that came out, I think like four or five years ago. That's like, it literally is just that movie. But in real life, you know, it's, it's giving me all that same <laughs> right, information. Right. You know, I wonder with the Fablemans if it had anything to do with him being in the director's chair. You know, yeah. have somebody else tell the story it might be a little bit different. I don't know. You know, and I feel bad, honestly, that I didn't like it a little bit more. I wanted to and I kind of saw the mixed reviews on it, but I kind of felt I mean, honestly, I'm kind of down the middle. I didn't hate it, but I definitely didn't love it as much as I wanted to. So. There you go. The Fablemans. That's our discussion for the Fablemans tonight. So There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Hope we accomplish our mini review there. All right, man. Well, Brett's here from Dissect That Film. He's a first-time guest. 
I'm excited, man. Thanks so much for being here. It means a lot to me. And I'm going to let you get us started, brother. What is your number five, Steven Spielberg? Oh, by the way, we're doing directed films. So he had to direct them. I just right? looked at my just list real quick. Sure. I was like, okay, I just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, make yeah, sure. Yeah, there's so many, so many movies. I know. I know. So what's your number five, brother? 20 years ago, he directed a little movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks mm. about a con man. And it's just so much fun. It's 2002's Catch Me If You Can. This movie, I remember seeing this movie, you know, being, you know, a young kid in middle school and seeing this for the first time. And it wasn't a movie where an 11 year old would probably be super interested in. Like, this is an adult, (laughs) an adult movie. But man, I remember seeing that, you know, between Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks and the fact that it's based on a true story, the music. It's just so, so well done, just that journey and the fact that like later on finding out the actual story of 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 this character, I was just like, it just it drew me in. And I remember watching this movie so much growing up. I agree, man. This is also my number five. Holy crap. Right. I can't believe (laughs) you. Wow. I mean, right out of the gate, dude, we're crossing up. That's awesome. Yeah, this is also my number five, man. I mean. This movie, it, it's like, you know, got that caper feel, the cat and mouse oh, yeah. kind of like chase. I love how this movie also like highlights the kind of loneliness and desperation that, you know, Leonardo Di- Di- DiCaprio's character specifically has throughout the film. Like he just kind of craves that attention. He's so good at what he's doing, but unfortunately for him, it's illegal, you know, mm-hmm. and he could obviously get into a lot of trouble for it. So he just missed the boat on finding something that kind of spoke to his skills. And I don't know, it's just, it's kind of a deep kind of sad movie, really. Like, you know, all the times when Leo calls Tom Hanks on the phone on Christmas Eve, you know how that's a recurring theme. Yeah. He keeps calling him on Christmas Eve because he's alone. Yep. And you get, you get the sense that Tom Hanks is alone too, because all he knows is trying to catch this guy. And they're kind of all each other have, you know, for several years while this is kind of going on. So it's like a fun caper vibe, but it's also kind of a deep, like, touching story, too, I feel like. And you can't, I mean, these actors in this movie, man, are just like, I mean, I know we're talking Spielberg, but the performances in this movie are just so good, man. Like, Christopher Walken is the freaking man in this. Oh, dude. I yeah. love him in this movie. So um, good. I'm surprised this isn't a little bit higher for me, because I love this movie so, so much. But St- Spielberg's done some freaking classics, dude. So I guess it makes sense it's my number five. But we matched up there right away. That's awesome. (laughs) That's crazy to me. All right. Well, there we go. Catch me if you can is each of our number fives. So I will let you go back over to you for your number four, man. So my number four is part of a trilogy. I'm going to say trilogy because I'm going to ignore that the fourth film exists. Mm. I'm picking, though, one that maybe not a lot of people would pick as their favorite. But my number four is mm-hmm. 1989's Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. Last Crusade. Eh? I love I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love Temple of Doom, it, you know, and they're because they're so each of the Indiana, each of the original three Indiana Jones movies are just so different from each other. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think my favorite thing about last crusade is just the the whole mission itself you know the of course the tie-in with you know the fact that this it all takes place during you know i'm not sure if this takes place during world war ii but it's always like a little bit before where like nazi germany is taking over and you like that the the really cool burp you know the the book burning scene and and, but Mm -hmm, it's the mm -hmm. chemistry between sean connery and Harrison Ford that just carries this movie for me. And I love it. I think they, they're so well, you know, casted to, and, the, and their chemistry together is fantastic. It's weird that their father and son, especially since their age difference was like 12 years. But it's just, they're so good. And the supporting cast is great. And um, who doesn't love the ending? You know, the, the trials at the end. It just, I don't know. That movie just felt yeah. so personal to me just because it's the the father and son linking up. And then that opening scene with River, uh, River Phoenix, you know, as young Indiana Jones, you know, you get to see kind of an origin story, but it's not like, you know, shoved down your throat. It's like a quick thing. They show you kind of the, 
the origin of Indy of how he got his the whip, the scar, all that fun stuff. It's just right. it's so much fun. So this, this so this is your favorite. Yeah. This is my favorite Indiana or, Jones. Or you don't want to okay. This is my favorite Indiana right. Jones. So you must be pretty excited for the new one, I guess, right? I am. I'm nervous because like <laughs> I said, I, I mean, to be honest, I, I maybe I was a little too harsh on Crystal Skull. I'm not a in like I loathe Crystal Skull like um, I think most people do. <laughs> it was fine. It just was mm-hmm. so weird. It was so off base. And like Shia LaBeouf just kind of his character just kind of threw me off. But yeah, yeah. The Last Crusade has always I been my that. favorite. Well, uh, there's another one that I guess we'll maybe talk about a little bit later in this franchise that I love more than The Last Crusade, but this is my second favorite movie in the, in the franchise, and I think it's a good pick. I haven't seen it in a long time, and I actually need to do a rewatch of, like you said, Trilogy, yep. if you want to cancel out the <laughs> other one, with my son. You know, he's nine years old, so in the next year oh, or two, so much fun. I'm going to see if he's into maybe doing a triple watch of these. I, but I, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Yeah. Nice, brother. Well, this movie's come up before on my show on a couple different lists. This is maybe the third or fourth time that I've mentioned this film. This movie poster is currently hanging in my nine-year-old's bedroom, Logan, that I was just talking about. And he also loves this movie. It's a great family film. But it still has elements of kind of like scary at times. It's very it's a very touching family film. And it's got the sci-fi stuff built in, of course. I'm talking about E.T., the extraterrestrial from 1982. is my number four. What do you think, man? Are you a fan of this one? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It is on my list. Hey, <laughs> crossover. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> well, you know, I've talked about this movie till I'm blue in the face, but this is just such a great, like, you know, this is childhood, like, dreams, kind of, and put on the big screen. But like I said, there is some scary elements in there, which felt cool, you know, as a young kid, kind of seeing, like, the sci-fi stuff and when they're when the scientists or you know when they're going in the house with the scientist or when they're out in the woods like searching for him i mean that's scary shit if you're a young kid and you have a, such a connection to et and to the kids in the movie and you know this is kind of like you know this is way decades before stuff like stranger things which of course is one of the you know on the tip of everyone's tongue when you when you think coming of age kid stories oh yeah you know, s- stuff like Stranger Things really borrows from movies like E.T., and it's one of the foundations of that kind of, like, sci-fi, coming-of-age, kind of, ad- you know, pre-adolescent, kind of like comedy, I guess. I mean, I don't even really know how to phrase it. It's almost like Spielberg kind of created a genre with this. Oh, yeah. It definitely uh, we, feels different than anything we had seen before. Yeah, absolutely, man. So it's my number four. And uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk about it now or is it coming up a little bit later, I guess? No, I can talk about it now. This is this okay. is this is my number three. <laughs> Your number three, all yes. right. <laughs> I So what do you why do you love it, man? It just it, it it's so it, it's so heartfelt. It's it's you know the only unfortunate thing about E. T. is that it screwed over the thing <laughs> which came <laughs> out the same years. <laughs> It really to be did. Honest, Steven Spielberg was on fire in 1982. He was, you know, he wrote Poltergeist the same year. He puts out this mm-hmm. movie, which is just, he cast the, like, casting child actors is so hard. And oh, God. Even, yeah. And I think it was, it had to have been harder back in, you know, the 70s and 80s and 90s. I think it's, I, I feel it's easier now, especially in, like, bigger blockbuster movies. I think the, like, child actors have, have, grown and they're not it's not as cringy but you know casting henry thomas as elliot i think he is brilliant his chemistry with this animatronic alien is it's beautiful you know drew barrymore is fantastic in it and then d wallace who you know the she's just perfect like this everything about this movie just screams like i just like i i just it's it's i feel like i'm gonna cry every time i watch that movie it's just so sad when he <laughs> finds him in the river i'm like at a loss for words i don't know how to talk about this movie it's just it's just so many emotions yeah same here well you know it's funny i showed my son this probably when he was like maybe seven i want to say and i can remember playing it 
And, you know, we're in the era of like, you know, YouTube and the kids have their iPads. And I mean, it's just crazy, you know, video games, whatever, which was not the case really in 1982. But I wanted to tell you, I can remember when I showed my seven year old at the time, and I can remember thinking, please like this. Like, you know, please let this be enough for you. You know what I mean? Like, I can't disown my child at this age. Please. And like I said, he wanted the poster. We framed it. We threw it up in his room. He's seen it a couple times since then. Uh, You know, I mean, he was partially probably into it because I was into it. But still, I mean, it it kept his attention. I mean, it's just storytelling, 10 out of 10. It's just such a great family film that still has those nice sci-fi elements built into it so i'm glad you named it as well so there you go that was your number three so we're over to me for my number three brett and uh people might be surprised but it was between my number one was like as soon as you told me you wanted to just build there's no question what my number one is there's actually a spoiler alert currently on youtube behind me so brett <laughs> be ready but my two and my three I, I didn't know what to do, but what I'm going to do is I, I just tried to remember the movie that awed me the most, like I was in awe of the first time I saw it. And both of these fit the bill for that, my number three, my number two. So I'll talk a little bit about two when we get there, but my number three is Jurassic Park. What do you think about me placing that at number three? Are you okay? Do you need I, to? I, I think I'll be okay. I'm, I'm, I might <laughs> hyperventilate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> It's what I said. Spielberg is so hard. It's so hard. I mean, I know Jurassic Park's on my list. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll talk a little bit about you know why I decided to put it at three as opposed to two when we get to my number two. But what I'll just say about it is that I mean, kids love dinosaurs anyway. I don't know. That's a fucking weird thing. I don't know, but <laughs> young boys love dinosaurs. I don't yeah. get it, yep. but that's the thing. And I was in high school when this came out. I wasn't like young, young, but I was just like, oh my God. Like, I mean, because, you know, growing up as a young kid, and I don't know if you were the same way my, my boys are or were in some cases, and my three year old is right now, they're infatuated with dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. And it's like this thing that's like this mythos almost where you like play with these different toys and, you know, you just kind of make this prehistoric, you know, imagination things. And to see it come to life, like that and like Spielberg was able to accomplish with that movie. Uh, I mean, I was just like in awe of it. Like I said, in 1993, I mean, I had seen nothing like, I never would have thought my childhood boyhood, like love of playing with dinosaurs would be so cinematic and on such a grand scale rumbling in the movie theater. Like it just never occurred to me until I saw it. And you know, the iterations since then, I mean, there's been some great ones and there's been some that, you know, I wish didn't happen, but they did. Yeah. <laughs> but this movie will live on as one of my favorites. There's elements of horror in there. You know, I'm a huge horror guy. Absolutely. There's got this, got those scary moments in there, especially depending on what age you saw it at. But this is one of those films that is, uh, at least in Spielberg's catalog and probably across the cinematic universe, this is one of those movies that's like a, a game changer. Like, you know, it was like, you know, CGI and special effects and just action movies in general. Everything kind of changed a little bit after Jurassic Park. And uh, I think there's a reason why it's just so good, man. So do you want to wait till it comes up on your list or do you have anything to say about it? Uh, no, we can wait till we get get, it to, uh, get to it on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. I said my three. I don't want you to be mad at me. Nah, it's, okay. it's top three. <laughs> I know. It's, I mean, what are you going to do? It's Spielberg. I know, you know exactly. So we're up to our runner-ups. What's your number two, man? So my number two is the movie that you just talked about, 1993's Jurassic Park. This movie, I remember seeing this movie at five years old because I was I was only two when the movie came out initially, so I didn't get to go see it in theaters. I didn't get to enjoy it in its initial release, so I had to wait a couple years. But my grandma, is the, she's the reason that I I love movies so much, and I just... You know, she always would buy the new releases. She had Jurassic Park on VHS. She threw it in because she found out I, you know, like dinosaurs, as you know, you were talking about mm-hmm. how like kids are just infatuated with dinosaurs. I mean, my my oldest, who's 11, 
you know, his favorite movie. I mean, I don't know what it is anymore, to be honest, but his favorite movie for the longest time was Jurassic Park. And he would watch it like every day. But it was the same thing for me. Like my my grandma showed it to me when I was five years old. And it was I, I literally would watch it every day. I would, she'd let me take it home. And then I remember, uh, you know, when Jurassic, uh, the lost world came out and I'd, I'd watch that one every day. I would watch it back to back. It was, I've probably seen that movie. I've probably seen Jurassic park almost as much as the movie that's at number one. Uh, Jurassic park is my second favorite movie of all time. It's, Oh wow. It's, okay. It means so much to me. It's, I mean, it's, fantastic with the 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 innovation of cgi and how good it looked back then in 1993 i mean yeah it doesn't look the best but it still looks good for a movie it does it holds up i gotta be honest 30 years next year i was so excited when my theater my local theater actually did a 25th anniversary showing of it and i i got to go Uh see it in theaters and experience that you know getting to see it on the big screen um, which is a highlight of, of, of my life. And yeah, the performances, the cinematography, the CG, the practical, you know, effects in it. And it's just, it's all brilliant. It's so good. I agree, man. I mean, we already, I already talked about it too. I, it was just, you know, it's especially for young boys that did you said you saw this in the theater or no, I, I saw mean, it when, when it got kidding. re-released for the 25th anniversary okay. back in 2018. I think it was. So you didn't get to see it as a young boy per se. Uh, I well, my grandma showed it to me when I was five for the first time. Yeah, but I mean, like in the theater. Oh no, though, I was, I was a, yeah. I was like a baby. I wouldn't have remembered. Could you imagine? <laughs> I, oh my I god, wish. Yeah, me too. Crazy man, crazy. So we matched up there, at Jurassic Park. So my number two, Jurassic Park, for the same reason. I was in awe when I saw it. This movie, I, I was in awe when I saw it especially a couple of scenes that really jump out at me, but my, I'll just name it and then we can kind of talk about it. But my runner up is from 1998 saving private Ryan, the Oscar winning film for Mr. Spielberg. I mean the opening 20 to 30 minutes when they're storming the beach, dude, the attention to detail, you know, the cinematography and just the, just how Spielberg and, and the crew engulf you in that historical moment. And you really, especially in the theater experience, but you really get an, you really get an experience like you're there. You know, you feel like you're a part of it. You feel like you're a fly on the wall, which I'm sure a lot of filmmakers, especially when they do biopics is something they really go for. You know, they want to make it real and they want to make it authentic. And this has got to be, I mean, he's done some other ones actually too. They're very authentic, but this has got to be one of the better, you know, war films like translated to screen or war stories, I should say, translated to screen. I mean, just such a touching, like, uh, heartfelt movie and just a lot of action-packed moments, tense moments. It's it's history. It's our history. So it's, you can learn from it as well. Like, you know, Tom Hanks gives one of his best performances, in my opinion. But you have some great, like, Supporting performances that often get overlooked, to be honest, like Tom Sizemore, Barry Pepper, uh, Ed Burns. You know, we obviously see Matt Damon a little bit later on in the film, and he's great in it. So this is just such a inspiring film, you know, that when you think about the military in America and the history of our country, and at the same time, from a movie perspective, it just left me with my jaw literally agape the whole time. Like, it was just such a a movie making feat. I felt like, you know, it was, it's a different subject matter, but it was very similar to a couple years before when I saw Titanic by James Cameron. Like it was just so like, I was like, Holy shit. Like somebody made this. Yeah. Like, I can't believe how fucking epic this is. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how I felt with Savior Prior Brian too. So how do you feel about this one, man? This movie blew my mind when I first saw it. I probably saw it at way too young of age. I think I was probably like nine, 10 years old seeing this for the first time in that opening scene. Uh, it, it just, it's ter- It's, it's horrifying. It's absolutely horrifying mm-hmm. because it's, I mean, I don't know the true experience of what those men, you know, had to endure that day, but I could only imagine that this was pretty damn close right. to 
exactly what happened. It's it, he Spielberg does not hold back. This was something that I I think it also blew my mind because this was Spielberg. Like I I think when I first saw this movie, I don't even know if I knew that Spielberg was the director. I think I just started watching this, and then it was the end. Wow. And they show the credits, and I was like, "Wait, this was Spielberg? Wow!" Well, it's a to your point, it is very different for him. Like it's a much different movie than what he had really done up to this point. You know? Oh yeah, it it's just it's beautifully shot, beautifully acted. You know, like you said, Tom Hanks is phenomenal in this movie, and I think his relationship with Spielberg going, you know, in starting in this from this movie and then going forward. It's just it, it was it was great. Well, obviously, I agree, man. So it's my number two. That's our runner ups. So we are up to our number ones already, Brett. So you're up first, man. What's your number one Steven Spielberg film and why, buddy? So back on June 20th, 1975. Blockbuster, it, it, a movie came out and became the first summer blockbuster. And I have seen this movie more than any movie that exists and i watch it probably five to ten times a year i can quote mm -hmm. it i'm wearing a amity island shirt because i we're talking about spielberg Ooh. today i got my my original vhs back here and that would be 1975's jaws fuck yeah it is dude it's also my number one, so we can gush about it a little bit. However, my regular listeners may shut off because I've talked about this movie so many goddamn times. I don't <laughs> they're going to be I like, will talk about this movie anytime <laughs> so anyone I might mentions let you, it. <laughs> I might let you take the helm on the discussion, but it's also my number one. So we matched up on our number ones with 75's Jaws. Dude, go ahead. I'll let you take the lead on why this is your number one Spielberg film. It's. Everything about this movie, I think what I appreciate the most about this movie is how it was made. It's not even just what you see on the screen. It's what you read about or what you, you know, documentaries you've watched about the movie, about like how this movie was made. It wasn't done in a studio. It was done it, they, it, in Martha's Vineyard. They're like, hey, we're going to shoot a movie here. Hey, we're going to shoot this movie. We're not shooting this movie in a tank. We're going to shoot this on the ocean. We're going to try to use a mechanical shark. Oh, no, the mechanical shark won't work. Like, it's just it's wild how this movie was made, because if things had gone according to plan, it would have been a completely different movie. And I'm glad that it went the way it did, because it's the fact that we don't see the shark for like 45 minutes of this movie. It's fantastic. The characters are are great because they're each one when you know you're talking about Brody, you're talking about Hooper, and you're talking about Quint, they're completely different characters. Like they're all completely mm -hmm. different characters, and I love it. You know, I I love this movie so much. I named a couple of my kids after a couple of the characters. <laughs> I love that, dude. What are they? Uh, well, my my oldest is named Brody, and then okay. my my middle one is named Quinn because I my, my I couldn't get my wife to agree to to Quinn, so we we Quinn was close enough. <laughs> Oh, okay. So yeah, that's, that's pretty fucking sweet, though. I went, I went. I think you know, but I went Wolverine and Star Wars with mine is Logan and Luke. Um, so that's the best I could get. But I applaud the Brody and Quint for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I anytime anyone mentions this movie on Twitter, anytime anyone talks about this movie, yeah. I, I I have to join into the conversation because it's to me, it's a perfect movie, even though it was. It, it really isn't if you think about it in, in the way that sure. it was all done. But um, yeah, it's, it's so fascinating and it doesn't matter how many times I see it. Even like, you know, flip through the channels if it's on TV and it's been like playing for 40 minutes, I will sit down and I will watch the rest. I don't need yeah. to see the beginning. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. I just, it, I, it's just such an engrossing movie and I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we really started to see what Spielberg could do from a storytelling perspective with this movie. But, you know, you said it beautifully, man. And I agree with you on all counts. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's in my top five films of all time. I have talked about it, like I said, at nauseum on the show before. Even one of our patrons in the chat just threw up a, an eye roll <laughs> because he's like, again, with this shit. So the only thing I'll just say, you know, is there's some movies that you know, you look back as a fan of just film in general and you just go, that changed everything, mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, 
you could name literally any quote unquote blockbuster that came after 75 and you know, that it didn't exist before jaws. I mean, there's obviously the horror elements built in there. There's the family aspect. It's almost like a slasher, you know? I mean, the shark is, is, is a killer, you know, in the movie. And, and this, this community is trying to escape his murders, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of how I looked at it for a long, long time. And as a horror fan, it's one of those pillars and like foundations to the genre. And I don't think anybody, whether they're like, you know, whether they're like rushing to rewatch it or they like love it or whatever, I don't think anybody would argue that this film did so much for horror. It did so much for films. It did so much for, you know, the blockbuster box office draw. And you already mentioned the performances. Obviously, we're talking about Spielberg, so the direction's on point. I mean, this came out the year I was born. That's Kismet, man. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I got the poster behind me is what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, I got I got an I alternate know. poster there. I got the the guy I who saw drew, the board game you had too, right? Yeah, I got the board game. I got the Hold on, let me shout out. I'll shout out. I got so my patron <clears throat> Drew, I don't know if he's watching, but he sent me the board game as well, yeah. which I haven't actually cracked open yet. Have you played it yet? No, no, I cracked it open just to kind of see what it was. Like I wanted to see what the game was about. Okay, yeah. Shout out to Drew Hallam, that's my dude. But yeah, I have the uh, the cover art. That you can, it's it's dark in here, but I got the cover art signed by the artist. I love it. So, yeah, I lo- I mean, it's I'm obsessed. <laughs> a little bit. Me too. Me too. Maybe we could do a Jaws podcast Absolutely. on the side because that's how often I talk about this show <laughs> or this movie. But I love it too. It's also my number one. All right, Brett, we killed it there. We had a ton of crossover, but that's okay. We uh, we had a Spielberg love fest. We did our thing. We're going to take a quick break, though. We have the, I want to let everyone know, we have the Golden Peas Movie Awards coming up. It's going to be on the week of March 16th. However, the nominations will be dropping very, very soon. So we're going to run a quick promo for that. I want to make sure everybody follows me and gets ready for that because that's a big deal. We're going to be honoring the films of 2022. We do it every year, but this year will be the first time I'm doing it uh, visually. We're going to do it on YouTube, and then I'll also release like a podcast format of it as well the golden piece and make sure you guys listen up for this promo and then me and brett will be right back and we'll shout out some honorable mentions and then we'll see what the fans had to say over on social media so everybody sit tight we will be right back shalomi my homies this is dan from netflix and swill every year gerald from two piece puts on his personal movie awards affectionately called the golden peas honoring the previous year in film this year will be the first year as a youtube broadcast and we'll have special guest presenters giving out awards in seven movie categories, including Best Movie, Best Female Performance, and Best Horror Movie, just to name a few. And the best part about all of this is that the winners are voted on and chosen by you. These awards are 100% based on your participation and votes. Please help me share and promote the Golden Peas leading up to the event, and don't forget to cast your ballot this year. Head over to twopeasonapod.com slash goldenpeas to see the list of nominees and cast your votes. And then be sure to tune in on Monday, March 13th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern to see the winners revealed live on YouTube. We will have some fantastic special guests, and Gerald will be joined by co-host, the god of podcasting himself, Loisos. We hope you join us this year to once again celebrate our shared love of the movies. Welcome back, guys. As I said pre-break, my new bestie, Brett, from Dissect That Film is here, and we just talked about our top five Steven Spielberg films. I think we crossed up on three out of five, right, Brett? I feel like we yeah. crossed up on three uh, titles there. No, four. Four? Four. Wow. Yeah, we got one well, there you go. completely the same. But, but Mr. Spielberg does have a lot of movies on the resume and a lot of stuff that I love. I've got five honorable mentions here. I assume you have some as well. If you just want to list your honorables real quick, buddy, what did you have that didn't quite make the top five? So do we do the six to 10 or 10 to six? Yeah, just go ahead and list them six to 10. Yeah, so my, that's what I So do, my number but. six is 1977's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's... Mm-hmm. uh. This was pre-ET. This showed us that he could do sci-fi. Richard Dreyfuss' performance is fantastic. The visuals are, like, 
I mean, Star Wars came out the same year and we saw, you know, what they could do in that movie. But like this, just the colors, the cinematography, I, and I, this was another one I watched all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my number six. Number seven Mm -hmm. is another Indiana Jones movie. And that is probably, I think the majority's favorite when it comes to Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. And that is Raiders of the Lost Ark. From That's accurate, sir. Yes, one hundred percent. Again, yes. I mean, this movie's what's not to love about Indiana Jones, and people need to stop yeah. talking about the whole. Oh, if Indiana Jones wasn't there, it still would have happened. I hate that. Have you ever heard that theory? It's the <laughs> worst. Have, yeah. People need to. Shut yeah, it up. sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, my number eight <laughs> is uh, a movie that you mentioned, and that is 1998's Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Not much more I can add to you know all the amazing things you said about it. My number nine is 2002's <clears throat> Minority Report. Oh, nice! I one. love this movie. It's probably one of my favorite Tom Cruise so movies. So good. Outside Easily. of yeah. the Mission Impossible movies, because I love that series completely, and Top Gun Maverick. Um, but yeah, this movie is just great. It's you know the again him diving into the sci-fi aspect. I love the the whole pre-crime you know storyline and the colin farrell mm-hmm. has a you know is great in it as well <laughs> yeah it's, it's true it's fun actually yeah. young colin farrell and uh yeah it's just i agree i love it it was um max von so C- inventive C- uh, sido's in it sit down, mean, yeah. sit down yeah he's it's just it's it's great all around and i i again another one that i watched a lot as a kid uh the show mm-hmm. not as good I, I never saw the show actually. It was a Fox show, it but I've heard that. But I've heard that didn't do anything special. And my number yeah, ten I've heard that. was a movie that came out the same year as Jurassic Park. It just shows how insane mm. Steven Spielberg was that he directed two masterpieces in one year, and that would be 1993's Schindler's List. There you go. This isn't a movie though that I saw a lot. This is a movie that I really don't know if I no. want to see again because. No. It's so it, it's it's kind of like Saving Private Ryan. It's um, I mean, I've seen Saving Private Ryan a lot more in my life, but Schindler's List just hits different. It kills yeah. you. It drains you. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. The rewatchability on Schindler's List is like zero. Like <laughs> yeah. you're not rushing to, you know, unless you're trying to introduce it to someone that might be interested in that history or whatever. But I mean, yeah. I agree with you. All right, man. So good list. My number six would have been Raiders of the Lost Ark. There you go. My favorite Indiana Jones film. The adventure aspect and just, I don't know. I just felt like it was like everything we kind of knew already about Indiana, but it was just like heightened a little bit. And it was just such a theatrical experience for me at at the age I saw it. It was like 12 or 13. It was just like, it was the shit, man. So my number seven would have been minority report so i agree with you there i just think it's such a unique and inventive idea the sci-fi elements built in and the pre-crime storyline and uh you know it was shot like in a lot of blue hues and just like a really different look for spielberg but it worked and you know he nailed it tom cruise probably top three performances for tom cruise in my opinion in in my opinion at least i really liked him in that and i think that's um one of Spielberg's best is my number seven. My number eight would have been Schiller's List, which we just talked about. My number nine is a TV movie. Uh. So I may, have, I may have cheated a smidge, but it was Spielberg's first feature called Duel. Are you familiar with this film? I am. Okay, good. I was going to tell you about it if you didn't know about it, because it's somewhat underappreciated, underseen, but it came out in 1971, and it's about this... 18-wheeler truck driver who is literally stalking this guy that's on a road trip across country. And so the the truck is always kind of showing up and following him and going to rest stops and restaurants that he's going to and just kind of stalking him. So it's very similar to what we see four years later in Jaws, but with a shark. Yeah. And here we have a truck. Uh, but it's a, it's a stalker movie, essentially. Um, and it was made for TV, so it's you know a bit tame in that respect. But I don't know. I was I was really impressed by it when it and it got introduced introduced to me later. You know, after Jaws, like I probably didn't see this movie till the nineties. Yeah. You know, so it had been out twenty or thirty years when I saw it, and you know, it plays like a TV movie from nineteen seventy one. But when you think in your head, like 
the person that made this is going to be Steven Spielberg. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just kind of adds a layer to you for it. Are you a fan of Duel? Oh, yeah. You've seen it? It's, I mean, it's not, it's not overly complicated. It's, you know, right. your, your basic, you know, I can't, I haven't seen a very long time. So the, the plot of it's kind of fuzzy in my head, but I know that it's, you know, like you said, the truck, uh, tractor trailer truck driver who stalks the sky. And it's just so the tension is, it just, it goes throughout the whole thing. And I think the reason why this movie isn't talked about a lot is because I think once Jaws came out, uh, mm. Duel and Sugarland Express, which came out a couple years before Jaws, they kind of got like erased from me- from most people's memories. They're like, when people right, think like, right. hey, where, you know, what, where did Steven Spielberg begin? It's like, oh, it's got to be Jaws, right? No. Right. It was Duel. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, and you could see kind of the parallels there too, which I think is really cool. Um, he's kind of playing with ideas with Duel, and then in Jaws we got what we got, and if, you know, there's no looking back since then. Yeah. And then my number ten would have been a uh, West Side Story, which oh. we already talked about a little bit. The colors, the vibrant kind of atmosphere, and the recreation of of something that was nostalgic for me as a kid. And Ariana DeBose gives a phenomenal performance in this is probably what I take away from it the most as far as like the most memorable and it was Oscar worthy that year. And you know, she was just killer in that movie. So that would be my number 10. There we go guys. So how we like to end every episode is we like to head over to social media and see what the fans had to say in the old suggestion box, Brett. So here we go. So I just said, what is your favorite movie directed by Steven Spielberg? And I said, only pick one. So let's go through some of these, Brett. My buddy Brandon Cruz says Jaws, <laughs> but I choose The Thing in a direct matchup because they <laughs> came out the same weekend. I get what he's doing there. Uh, Julio says, I think this is Minority Report, is, right? Is that what this is? Gr- yeah. That is a great one. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let me reply to Lindsay real quick. Uh, she asked Julio what it was from, and he didn't tell her. Let's see. That's great. Jared Taylor, patron and friend of the show, says Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't think anybody's going to argue with him on that, except maybe you. I don't know. What? Well, no, you love that one, too, though. Oh, yeah. So you're good. Chris Yaney, patron and friend of the show, says, I straight up love Duel and have since I first saw it on a broadcast TV. Yeah, it, TV movie. It's kind of crazy if you think about oh, it, yeah. especially 1971. Like, that was pretty, I don't know, it was pretty edgy for 71, I feel like. Oh, yeah. My buddy Dan, producer Dan, says Jaws, and yeah, Larkin agrees. I mean, yeah, we this is it right here, guys. Jaws, that's the answer. Uh, Sam Hurley says also Raiders of the Lost Ark. Michelle, patron and friend of the show, says she went through the list and she decided to pick the one that she will watch over and over again, which is Catch Me If You Can. And she says, do you concur? <laughs> <laughs> it really is good. I can't believe it was my five, to be honest. Uh, Lindsay Dunn also says, catch me if you can. Joey Mills says, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Dan Roski, top-tier patron of the show, a promising young loyal. He says, obviously Raiders, but since everyone has already mentioned it, Saving Private Ryan is equal on the list. <laughs> and he, by the way, every shout-out he gives, he wants John Travolta dead. Why? I don't know why, why he do you does hate that. John Travolta so I, much? I don't know. <laughs> He's really going for Damn. Travolta. Like, it's obviously not even related. He's like, here we go. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, people, uh, Tony Dobbish says, people have already mentioned some great ones, but the guy has made like 20 amazing movies in his career, so I'll put my stamp on Jurassic Park. He says, it has such a formative time in my life, one of the few films I've seen multiple times in the theater, and it still gives me chills to this day. And uh, Larkin agrees with him and says, if it weren't for Jaws, it would have been his also. Marshall, friend of the show, says Schindler's List, hands down. I mean, I agree that that's like such an epic, like Oscar winning, obviously, just like on a whole nother level. But you just don't. It's just such a downer, right? Yeah. I feel like I feel like that's what hurts Schindler's List a little bit. I don't know. David Powell, patron and friend of the show, says Jaws. He actually shares a gif of Quinn there. Let's see. Uh, Brad, our buddy who's uh, watching over on YouTube right now, says The Last Crusade. So he agrees with you there. Nice. Paul uh, from the... <laughs> what's that? I said very nice. Yeah, nice. Paul from the Countdown says Saving Private Ryan. Jamie Davis says Schindler's List or Private Ryan. Josh Raglan, patron in front of the show, says Catch Me If You Can. 
And my friend Amanda says, E.T. There we finally got an E.T. mentioned. And it's, a, it's a gif of E.T. hugging Henry there. So I like that. Patrick Sherwood has a uh, tattoo. Do you see this? I'm jealous. I'm, Can you see I'm this? Gonna, I'm going to have one in the next like five so, years. I'm, I'm very jealous. So this is my dude right here. Patrick has got a Jaws tattoo on his leg. So Jaws is his, is his pick. Now, one we didn't mention is Hook. And that was my buddy Michael. We'll end on that one. But he says Hook. What did you think of that I love kind Hook. of retelling? Did you? Yeah, it's good, it. right? I love it. I don't know why people dislike it so much. Uh, I know it's yeah. not one of Spielberg's bests, and I know that Spielberg himself has also stated he's not a big fan of it. But it's so much fun. I mean, Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman, I feel like, are having a great time. Uh, you know, Bob Hoskins in there. It's just, it's a fun yeah. movie. And it's a really cool thing. retelling it's a, it's, of, of a classic story. I agree. It's fun and it's like nostalgic, yes. you know, and I mean, is it Spielberg's best? No, but I mean, it's a fun, nostalgic movie. So I agree with you. All right, Brett, well, dude, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you being here, man. And it was a daunting task to come up with our favorite Spielberg films and to order them and all that stuff. But we did it somehow. I'm toying with all this new technology and you were a trooper to let me do that. So why don't you remind everybody real quick, where can they find you over on social media and subscribe to your pod, buddy? So you can find Dissect That Film on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and on all the podcast services. Any of the ones that you listen to, you know, I, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, any of them. Just type Dissect That Film and you're going to find the show. I love it. I love it. I've already found it and I'm digging it, man. And I appreciate you being here. Hopefully you'll come back soon and we'll do another, we'll do another director that will be really hard for me to (laughs) to come up with five, but we'll, we'll figure it out, man. So that was our top five Steven Spielberg films. Again, thank you to Brett from dissect that film for being here tonight. And thank you to all of you guys for listening. We will see you next week. Until then, everyone take care. Get me Steven Spielberg. He's unavailable. Then get me his non-union Mexican equivalent.